Hello and welcome to the Learn Chinese Insights podcast, brought to you by ChineseLearnOnline.com, your progressive online Mandarin course. In each episode, I interview someone who has learned Chinese as a second language to find out how they learned it and what they're doing with this Chinese. In this episode, I'm happy to have Sean Bettinson. Um, before we begin, Sean, why don't you give us a quick introduction in Chinese, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. 可以，没问题。大家好，我是 Sean。呃，我从英国来的，我来台湾大概十一年多。然后本来我来这边工作，我当老师。然后啊、呃，要说什么？<笑>还要介绍什么？啊、uh, ，我的头发是很漂亮。啊、uh, ，我的星座是那个狮子。<laughs> Would anyone like to go for a walk in the park? <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll find out the rest of your story in the interview. Yep, sure. Okay, so you said、uh, you came to Taiwan eleven、uh, years ago. Yeah, I came here November the nineteenth, two thousand and four. I landed in Taiwan. Okay, we don't need such a Specific details. <laughs> Do you want the flight number? I think I might be able to get out somewhere. All right, exactly. <laughs> All right. So before you were in England,、uh, what brought you to Taiwan? Um, I met a guy when I was in. I was working in Northern Ireland before I came here, and it was like a friend of a friend, and 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 I met him, and I'd been thinking about coming to Asia. Ah,、uh, to teach. I'd looked at Japan and South Korea, and then Taiwan came onto the radar, and. My friend said, "Oh, I've got a friend who lived in Taiwan for a year, and he said, you know, he he seemed to like it. Maybe you talk to him." So I got chatting to him, and he said, "Oh man, he's like, you know, I said Taiwan was amazing. He had a great experience here. He was doing like a student exchange program and managing that from Taiwan." And he said, like he'd been to over fifty, sixty countries, and to him, Taiwan was pretty much his favorite spot, like the number one place in his heart. And I thought, wow, that's got to make quite an impression on somebody to say that. So. I think that that kind of sealed、um, my fate in coming to Taiwan, as it were. <laughs> so, was your plan just to come here for a year, or did you think、uh, you'd stay here for longer than that?、Uh, I didn't plan on eleven years, but yeah, I was I was planning on maybe trying it out for a year because most、uh, employment contracts as a teacher last that long. But I, I came here with nothing. Like a lot of people, maybe come here with a job already set up. I I just arrived in the country after having planned it and everything, of course, and saved money. I don't advise anybody to just get on a flight tomorrow and come here.、Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd planned it out, and I arrived in the country. I didn't have any job set up or anywhere to live; just had a hotel, and I just went from there. And here I am, eleven years later. One year turns into two. <laughs> so, when you first came here, could you speak any Chinese? No, I, I, I did a very, very basic level, like sort of saying like、uh, "ni hao" and "do sao qian" and "wo yao chu" to the difang. So, where had you learned to that? I'd learned that in in Beijing.、Um, my dad was living there for a few years, and I, I got the chance to go visit him for a month、um, when I was at school. It was like in the summer semester, summer break. Sorry, so I went and I thought, well, while I'm in China, you know, it'd be good to just learn a bit of Chinese. And I took、uh, some basic classes while I was there, just something to do. And、uh, yeah, that was the only exposure I had really to Chinese before coming here. All right, so you got here, and then you started teaching English. Yeah, I I I got here. I got set up with a, a company called Hess,、uh, which is sort of the biggest chain of language schools, the cram schools in Taiwan.、Uh, they they offered me a pretty solid job, and 
yeah, I started learning about three months after I'd been in Taiwan. I wanted to get settled first before taking on any classes. And after that, I took on some, some classes. So what kind of classes were these? One-on-one -on -one or actual one? Uh, the first one was a group class. That was the cheapest uh, option. And I figured being a, it was only the basics is probably the best option to go with. But uh, after about three months of doing that, um, the class finished and then it wasn't there wasn't enough people to sort of take it to the next level and it just it sort of split out but I, I found for myself that the group class was the dynamic was a bit too slow most people were there for visas more than anything else at the school because the school that I was at at the time was giving them out like uh, like, like 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 nobody's business um, but I was one of the few students who really wanted to learn so I ended up just doing a one-to-one -one class with them so did they also teach characters no, I didn't do any characters at that point. It was just doing pinion. But the, I think the, some of the some of the curriculum that the school had was a, was a very outdated. And you know, I, I wanted to get on and learn things like you know how to order food in the street and things. But there wasn't really anything like an approach to that. It was more just saying like, oh, there are two post boxes outside of the post office, and there is a pen on the book. Yes, we need to learn all this stuff, but can we also learn some other things? And, and they were very rigid in sticking to that curriculum that they had. So I, I, I gave that up and I found a, another teacher. Um, she was actually teaching a, a group class at HES, um, but she was also doing one-to-one -one classes and taught, did it with her, her for a year. And her approach was awesome because when I, when I first arrived at the first lesson, she gives me a A4 piece of paper and it has all of the the most important things that most foreigners would want to eat and drink and how to order them in Chinese. So we did that as well as the other stuff and, and I was happy. So it was more practical? Yeah, it was much it was much more practical that way. Um, and then I yeah, I went on to learn with her for a year. She left and went to America and then I got with um, a friend of mine who was also teaching at Hess. His wife was a, uh, one of the Chinese teachers at Hess and She'd started. To, she took over the classes that this woman had had, and uh, she also offered the one-to-one -one thing outside. And I, I think about two years I was studying with her twice a week, and yeah, that, that that was probably the she she gave me a good confidence boost, and I think that was the the the, the lead into speaking Chinese really well. So, if someone wants to hire a Chinese teacher for a one-on-one -on -one class, is there anything you recommend that they look for in this kind of teacher? Um, I think. If you've got a teacher, of course, experience is probably one of the the main things. If they've already got students who are foreigners, um, who are already learning with them, they're probably going to understand the learning style of it. Uh, and I think that's that's probably the the best way to do it. But any advice I'd give, it, it's, it's often not really about the teacher. The teacher can give you that little bit of a confidence boost and how great you are, but it's really down to the student. I've, I've always felt that it's, I've got friends who have studied Chinese and I feel that a lot of them, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm going to Chinese class. Kind of like the cool thing. Yeah. I got Chinese class on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like six months in the Chinese is horrendous. And you're like, why aren't you learning? Cause they're not studying. You have to put in the effort yourself and it doesn't have to be a lot. So give me an example of uh, the type of effort that you would put in. The effort that I put in when when I started uh, doing it, so the, I had I had a book that I was working from, and we go through the chapters, and and then what I would do is I would spend I'd, almost every day I think about 
30 minutes to an hour, just sit over lunch and then I, I'd sit by myself, don't sit with other people, you get distracted. And I sat in this diner called the Early Bird in Taichung and when it first started out and I knew the owner. So I just started there and uh, I would I would preview all of the things that I was going to learn in the class and I just sort of go through and try to get an understanding and I'd ask the owner's wife, you know, for some help or some of the, the, the bar staff and that, that's how it picked up. So when I went to class, I'd already prepared and, and reviewed most of it and I, I, and I kind of had an idea of how to use it and it was really just clarifying it with a teacher, going through it, pronunciation, how it's used, any extra information. So at this point, were you also learning characters? Uh, I was starting to do characters then, yes. I just started to, to, to learn some of the basics. So as you mentioned, there are many uh, teachers or, or Westerners who come to Taiwan and they live here and they don't learn any Chinese. And it's quite possible to live a comfortable life without speaking any Chinese. So for you personally, what has uh, learning Chinese or being able to speak Chinese allowed you to do that... Uh, you couldn't have done before. Spe speaking Chinese is a bit. It's a bit like how could I just how could I describe this? It's sort of like sitting. I mean, imagine sitting in a imagine sitting in a room and there's a, a large box behind you and it's got a, a padlock on it and and you you sit and you come to this room every day and you do whatever you do and this box remains unopened for as long as it does and then when you learn. Chinese, that's the key to open that box. And then when you open the box, you find like a holy crap, there's a, there's a, there's a whole world of stuff that you can be exposed to by being able to speak Chinese. And that comes in anything from making new friends who don't speak English to job opportunities, I think is one of the, one of the main things. So let's talk about the job opportunities. Mm -hmm. So you said you were at Hess for a little while? Yeah, I was there for eight years. And then I finished up my contract. Um, probably the last year and a half that I'd worked at Hess, I, I had got a, a part-time job. So it was an eight-year contract? Uh, no, no, it's, it's a year-on-year it's a, it's a -year contract. You just renew it every year. Um, but I, I finished out the, that contract. I mean, you could obviously quit halfway through, but I, I didn't think that was good. So I wanted to finish out the actual contract that I uh, assigned to. And then I'd gotten a part-time job with a, a bicycle company here called Token. And they'd, I'd got that job through a friend of mine uh, who runs a design studio here. And he'd, he said to the company he was looking for somebody to do sort of content writing, just getting all the English right for catalogs and websites and... Uh, I, I got that not so much from the Chinese aspect, but I got that from other things that I did outside of uh, my job. So one of them, I ran this blog for a while with a friend of mine and contributed a few articles and, and ran it. And my friend had seen this and said, Oh, you know, it seems like you guys have got something good here. Maybe this is, maybe you can apply this to do other things because your, your writing style is quite good. So that's, I ended up getting the job at Token from doing that. And then I one decided I wanted to try and make that full time. So I, uh, I quit teaching and went ahead and did that. So you enjoyed doing that? I did. Yeah. It was, uh, it's tough trying to convince Taiwanese companies that their English needs to be improved in their marketing materials. They often don't see that as being that important. Yeah. You would think there would be more demand for something like that. 
Yes, yeah, you, you would. It's, uh, I mean, you only have to walk around Taichung and look at some of the road signs and other things, and you think like, well, how do you get this wrong? <laughs> sure. Sometimes you see um, huge building projects, like it might be an an apartment building or something, oh, yeah. and it'll have a strange English name. <laughs> and you think if they're spending this much money to build a building, yeah. that you could just grab a Westerner walking down the street and say, hey, yep. does this name make sense to you? But yet they don't do that. It's just like, I think it just doesn't matter to most people. It's like if you were to take a lot of Chinese text and you stuck it amongst people who's, who predominantly dealt not in Chinese, only in English. I mean, it's just it's Chinese characters. Like, oh, there's Chinese characters up there. It must be Chinese. It's just like it's, it adds something to it, some texture, some flavor, some feeling. <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right so you did that for a little while i did that for a little while yeah then that job led into my another job that i had afterwards uh with a job a company called cycling express which is an online cycling retailer and they were looking for somebody who to help them set up uh an office in the uk and they'd asked the guy who runs token did they know anybody that is looking for full-time work and because i only had part-time work token they said oh maybe sean is interested so i went for an interview and um it, it all seemed to fit quite well and yeah I, I ended up working there for about a year so what qualified you for that position what qualified me for that was uh it was it was kind of very it was very arbitrary in a lot of ways <laughs> first of all the requirements were very vague they said okay we're looking for somebody who's english I mean, naturally, you want to set up in the UK, you need a person who's from England because they understand stuff in England. Um, they need somebody who's got some bike experience, uh, bike bike industry experience, and is interested in bikes. So I said, like, yeah, I've got a, a few years of working at Tolkien in my belt. Um, speaking Chinese was, was a plus. It wasn't totally necessary, but I found getting in the job, it was necessary, especially dealing with uh, people like in logistics and warehouse. There were some people who just didn't speak English. And, you know, you have to be able to communicate somehow with them. So that was a definite plus. Yeah. And then it was just, it was all like, a, you, then you don't have any full time commitments and that, uh, you know, you, maybe you have a, an APRC that, you know, you, you're not totally dependent on a, on a company for your visa. So it, it all, it all just, it all just fit quite nicely. I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Like, then I'll start next week. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so how did that work out? Yeah, it went all right. Um, uh, the company wasn't doing too well towards the end of last year. Um, and I got made redundant along with a, a whole group of other people. And then I'm now in my current job, which is uh, it's a factory out in Lugang. They're also associated with Tolkien, funnily enough. Um, uh, and they make, they make bicycle components and they also do... Uh, garden watering systems drip water irrigation things like that and, and that's what i look after i i'm basically this the sales the european sales manager for that area of the business it's not something that i don't even have a garden so i mean my interest in it was very very limited but uh i'd been working with that company for a while doing their english content and they kept asking me year on year you know would you like to come and work for us in a sales capacity but i always had full-time commitments so this opportunity presented itself and Says, yeah, sure, I'll go over. And you definitely need Chinese in that job. Um, the the English is very limited among my co-workers. Uh, 
the people in the factory don't speak English at all. Um, and I have to explain, you know, all the processes and what customers' requirements are and stuff and get that across. It's a, it's a, it's a challenge. <laughs> but it's fun. It's an interesting challenge. So if you had to give advice to someone, uh, who like you was teaching English, but was interested in doing a, a diff, pursuing a different career path here in Taiwan, uh, what kind of advice would you give to them? I think it's getting, getting involved in stuff outside of your job. So I've done a lot of different things in Taiwan. One of them was, for example, running that blog. But I mean, prior to even doing that, I did some fundraising for a friend of mine here whose uh, child was um, prematurely born. We raised quite a lot of money for him. And then that caught the attention of the American Chamber of Commerce. And the I remember the president uh, coming to me and saying, um, the president for the Taichung chapter anyway, not the Taipei chapter, uh, and he said, um, yeah, uh, n- nobody's ever raised that amount of money before. Um, would you like to help us do it? <laughs> so I said, yeah, okay. And I got involved with that. And that's how I got connected to this guy who I did the blog with. And yeah, you just like by doing these things outside of work, you start to create and build your own networks. And it's very difficult to say where it might go. But yeah, you, you, you never, you never really know. So of course, the whole concept of guanxi or who you know is very important. It is, yes. And it would really depend on what industry you want to. If you said, like, I want to be a, des- a graphic designer in a bicycle company, like, it might be a bit harder to achieve that. You might get it in the end, but you need to, you need to be involved in the bicycling community. So, like, if you, if you weren't cycling, for example, I'd say, well, buy a bicycle, start riding, ride with people who work at these companies, find your connections, get to know people, you know, and then that's how, that's how it can work. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing your time and your journey with us. And uh, yeah, if people have any comments about this, uh, I'd be happy to forward them to you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you very much.